Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Mel, and this is episode number 20. I apologize in advance if you hear me sniffling and spluttering during this episode because I am still getting my butt handed to me by hay fever. Episode 20, I have invited on one of my business coaches, Ruby Marsh. Ruby is queen of character. Now, inside her advantage, each month we pick a little topic to explore. And I thought, being December, it's time we explored something a little fun. So I've invited Ruby on to talk about finding and accessing your radiant character. Ruby has lived many lives before she was a business coach. Being a designer and having an eye for detail definitely runs in Ruby's veins and it's clear by her energy and how she carries herself. It was important that I brought this episode or this conversation to your ears because as a female, we go through different phases and stages in life. And I think sometimes we look at the women we have around us And sometimes they're just always radiant and glowing. They've found their style, they've found their quirks, and they just make them work. And then for others, it just doesn't always happen that way. So Ruby and I are going to have a little chat about how you can discover your radiant style and how you can make it work for you. And one of the key messages throughout this episode is that Your radiant character is by design. It's not something you wake up and just walk into. It's little bits of evolution along the way. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Ruby. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoy when John shares little tidbits of your relationship. Mm. (laughs) And also watching you, like knowing where it's going, your reaction. Chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes I don't, he, he doesn't always pre warn me that he's going to share something. (laughs) And so I'm like, Oh, where's he going to go with this? How deep is he going to go? How much detail is he going to reveal? Like one day it's I'm going to be really surprised, but no, I, I really like it. And I think it's always when you can share stuff like that openly, it's quite lovely because it's obviously a sign that you've come through something and you're yeah. prepared to share the the learning of it as well and so yeah. yeah yeah and it's nice I think the container that we have with creator club is we're all very much on the same page we want the same things out of life so sharing those things just says hey yeah we're here for business but like he said this morning business and life are very much intertwined so yeah. if you're if you're looking after other things in your life, your business is always going to do better. So, and sometimes just the analogies fit, right? Yeah. It's not always a, a good business example. So get into the juicy stuff. <laughs> it's <laughs> always G-rated. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I think it's one of the like most exciting parts about working with the clients that I work with as well, or the women that I work with as well as watching it bubble into every other aspect of their life you know yes okay they come to me for health coaching but then talking to them about their relationships and how that's developed talking to them about their businesses and how that's developed and it's not just it's never just one thing Mm, 
Mm, yeah. And it's always that thing of when you talk about your program, you can always, it would be easy to say or that you're going to get all of the things fixed or that all of these things will happen as a result. And sometimes our program is, they go into it going, I want this, but then they come out the other side, like you say, with all of these other amazing things and other possibilities that they couldn't even see see before because they've got this new awareness. So I think that's that's almost the fun of it, isn't it? Where you're like, oh, I didn't expect you to go and leave your job and change careers, <laughs> or I didn't expect your relationship to like take a one eighty. Yeah, be way better than what you ever thought, and so it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun, which is kind of why I've asked you on here, Rubes. Ah, here we go. So if you haven't gathered from our little chat, Rubes is one of the, do you call yourself a director? Yeah, founders, co-founder. One of the founders of my business membership creator club. And Ruby, I, this, look, I'm obviously taking this from my perspective, but you're the creative in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Like you are the aesthetic creator. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I think part of that is by design, excuse the pun, um, (laughs) my skill set, but also John has a unique way with words. So he's the word guy. He's very good at that. And I think it's about leaning into those natural skill sets as well, because it does make doing stuff in your business so much easier, especially when you're in a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And not feeling like you have to do it all, right? Exactly. Exactly. So when do you think is the character conversation, would that have been very on, very early on in the creator club journey? When, when I've heard that, do you think? In term, do you mean in terms of us bringing it up as an idea? Yeah. Yeah. I think we probably always alluded to it, although we might not have had the framework or the next step beyond something called personal brand that a lot of people are pretty familiar with, especially if they've come through the corporate space they're in that right now even small business a lot of people now through the digital age as well are seeking personal brands they want to create their own personal brand because there is actually a lot of value in that so it would have come about in that way and through conversations that we would have with you around marketing and certainly when we created the vision for Creator Club, there probably was conversations about our roles in it, but understanding the next level of of the characterization and really leaning into that. Probably once we got into the program, we started to draw on different influences that we had had before we even launched Creator Club and realized that oh, there's, there's something in this concept called world building and this is where character design comes in is that if you're thinking about writing a screenplay, if you're thinking about writing a novel, a movie, um, 
trying to think other, I mean, it could be something to do with theater. There's a world that you're creating that these characters are immersed in. And certainly a lot of this terminology is very common in gaming. And it's really funny because I don't really have a gaming background. I'm not what they call a cause. I'm not into cosplay, which is costume play. All of these terms. <laughs> I was like, that's not that a story. That John's going to bust out later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, when the, <laughs> when the lights go down, the co- no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so all of these things, but I was also very intrigued and I started to realize that it's actually everywhere especially in the digital space that everybody is actually creating a character when they're creating their personal brand just the character piece takes it one step further and we can talk a little bit about that today and it's actually really fun I think I don't know about you how do you feel about this idea of personal brand is it does it feel good does it feel a bit compartmentalized Uh, Well, this is what I, yeah, this is what I was going to go with. Like when you first started talking about it, I'm like, what does this have to do with business? Like, why are we, (laughs) like, why are we doing this? And it seems counterintuitive to, you know, and then the more you spoke about it, the more it made sense. And the more I leaned into it, the more fun I had with it. And the more, like we were talking about earlier, the flow on effect happened in all of the other aspects. And I think one of the big things was though coming from quote unquote, my version of corporate working in the Mm -hmm. allied health space, you know, it was always wearing black lycra or gym clothes all the time. And that had to be my character. And so to venture out of that felt so uncomfortable because it was all I knew. So yeah. I'm curious to know, but was there a part of you in starting your small business that thought also here's my opportunity to create something different or it was it was like you took all of that and then you were going to put that into your business because that felt like a natural progression? Uh, it, I obviously wanted to start something different. Like the business was going to be different, but my character did not even come into it. Like I just thought that I, and I still feel uncomfortable playing a role in it. So, um, because I just want to help people. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about them. And so, yeah, getting, which is why I want to, again, have this conversation about character and unleashing the character and what it means. Um, because it's, it's an uncomfortable progression. It can be an uncomfortable progression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. I think that's marketing as a whole can feel like that, mm-hmm. especially if you're a really good service provider, if you're really good at delivering your service, shouldn't clients just come to me? Shouldn't they just yeah. be attracted to my business? Shouldn't they want to work with me? Cause I, I do a good job and I'm nice and I, I tick all the boxes, but the reality is, is that it's, This is, it's actually been like this for a long time. I think it's just become very apparent when you start to really study certain people online, whether it be on social media or other bloggers and things like that. I think even bloggers were were doing this as well. And you notice, oh, actually the reason why I like them is yes, because of what they are creating, but there's also a fantasy that they're creating. There's also a feeling that I get 
from them. They're really intriguing. They're not like me. And that's actually kind of cool. They're like bringing out my dark side and all of these things that we then go and buy the service because of that. Yeah. But it's just happening at such a sub subconscious level because it is, it's not only tapping into, yeah, they, they, they say who they are, they say, they do what they say as in they're, they're good at their job and they tick the boxes, but then, oh, there's something else about them. And in a, in a competitive world, I don't like to use that term very much, but when you're in a market where you're not the only one, you're not the first to market, then you have to find a way to stand out. And I think that characters that are designed gives you an opportunity to start to peel back those layers, which I know when you work with your women, they come to you for certain goals but they are through the process of working more intimately with you and you asking them good questions and hard questions and asking them to ask questions of themselves that they start to peel back that la those layers of the onion. And then they see this, oh, there's actually this woman underneath all of this that maybe I've been kind of hiding and, and shaming, guilting, wh whatever words you want to use, but that you haven't been expressing for some reason. So how can we start to uncover that? How can we un start to uncover or look into the parts of our character? Like me, you know, I was this black lacquer, -like Lululemon. That was my character. That was my facade. What, how do we start busting into actually acknowledging the parts of us that are unique to us? This is a really fun question. and. We could probably go all day unpacking <laughs> this. And that's what that's why when you work with us, it's something that we continually come back to or that we get you to do so in in our immersion days, we've we've always gone really deep on just one aspect of world building because it's really important that you get it. Now I can talk about this in terms of, maybe I'll talk about it in a second in terms of business context and some things that would be specific to you as a business, but say you're just wanting to express yourself in a certain way and, and call this bringing out my character. I think there's, there's a few different ways that you can look at this. And the thing that, that you've got to realize with all of this is that your character is always evolving too. So wherever you start now might not be where you are in five or 10 years later, because li your life is changing, your circumstances are changing and you're going through different, call it, a, call it reinventions, call it seasons of your life. And therefore that's going to reflect back to you different things that are important to you. Now, I think for me, I'm going to talk about this more in a, in a personal sense, if you like, in terms of what I have done. And then I can talk, like I said, more to the business and, and sort of give it more structure. But for me, I started to tap into thinking about the times in my life where I was feeling most alive, where I was feeling most comfortable in myself. Did I want to bring across a character. Now I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. When you are very intentional about character design, you are 
deciding how you want people to perceive you. And this can, can sit well with people because they go, oh, I like that. That sounds kind of fun, you know, to, to want to create something so people see me as a certain way. Some people might say, oh, that's inauthentic. And I actually think no, because you want to give yourself the best possible chance. If you just show up on any given day as how you're feeling, then they're going to respond to how you're feeling, even though you might want to bring your best self. And, and look, I think there's time and place for honesty and there's time and place where things are going on in your life and, and you're not going to always be able to show up. But I think that's the first thing to say is that deciding, like we get you guys to do this exercise in creator club where we say, what's the seat that you want to sit in? Like, you think of your your boardroom table and I know that you talk about this who do you want on your um who do you want on your team who do you want in your boardroom is sitting at your table now these may be women that you know already but then there may be women that are a few steps ahead of you in your industry or just people that you love you might have Beyonce at your table or you might have someone else a political figure that you look up to it doesn't matter but there's people that you're like oh, I want to be surrounded by those, that caliber of people. And I see myself sitting in this seat. I see myself being this person. And so what you can start to look at is, well, if I want to move towards being that person and that's how I want people to perceive me, what does it look like to be that person? And that comes down to how are people going to feel when I walk in the room? How are they going to feel when they're around me? What sort of yeah, what feelings do I want to evoke in them because of my presence? Now, some people are very lucky, and I call this the radiant woman, where they have cultivated enough strength and confidence and energy that they can walk into a room and people will just be like, who is this woman, you know? And maybe that's the feeling that you want to create, or maybe you want to give people the feeling that you're the nurturer or that you're their best friend or you're their cheerleader. What is it? What is, how do you want people to feel when you're around them? So that would be one place to start. So there's, there's definitely this more internal side to how people perceive you. But then it's also starting to think, well, how would that person dress? How would they hold their body in space? Do they, and when I started to think about this, I was like, okay, if I really want that seat, am I always the girl that sits at the back of the room and doesn't raise her hand? Probably not, but for what I was, for what I was wanting to step into. So I was like, okay, there has, I need to bring an air of confidence, even if I'm not quite there yet but someone that can talk to anybody, someone that is knowledgeable, but can have a bit of fun, you know? And so when I started to think that about that, I was like, okay, that's what I want to bring, you know, this bit of fun, but also a presence and knowledge, stable, calm. So that was kind of the feeling side of it. And and the energy that people would feel. And then obviously where a lot of people want to go first, because it's really, I think the most fun part, it's, it's easier too, is the aesthetic side of it. So how do you, how do you dress? How do you uh, bring out little, your features? 
how do you bring out things that you might have actually shied away for a very long time in showing? Hit it maybe with makeup, or maybe you dressed a certain way because you thought you should cover that part of you up. And instead you say, actually, those things are the things that make me unique. And that's my, they're my assets. So I really am going to, if I want to create something unique, then I'm going to leverage those things, right? And so I think it takes a lot of strength because part of it is going to be saying, no matter what people think, I'm going to show up as this person. And so that takes courage and takes strength, takes confidence. Yes, but you can just do it bit by bit as well. So obviously there's a lot to unpack there and we can go more into the business side of it, but that's, that's some starting points for people to, to think about it. I think that's like perfect the way you've described that, because again, I mean, if we go back to the work that I do, I'm teaching women to go from the inside out. We need to build up from the inside out. And so being able to ask yourself that question, how do you want to show up? How do you want people to feel? How do you want to feel? Um, There's a power in that to even acknowledge those things. Mm. And I think we know these things, but we don't acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're thinking about it from... I'm going to go from a health space. We do quite often, you know, women want to help each other. Women want to grow. Women want to be seen, but yet we're. Okay. So going back, we just had a little uh, technical issue there. Sorry. Um, Going back to that. Yeah. Acknowledgement of how you felt. And I think again, the thing that you uncovered is, you know, one of the women you chose was Beyonce, but not everyone wants to be Beyonce. Not everyone wants to show up and have the entourage and the sparkles. I mean, I want to have the sparkles, but (laughs) um, not everyone wants to do that. So the first step in deciding as to, yeah, who you want and how do you want to show up? I can share a little bit of personal work that I've done around this. Now I've spoken to lots of different people. I've spoken to an actress recently. I've spoken to a person that was in PR for a long time in New York And I think what's interesting is that they really understand that this is not something that you can just turn on at a moment's notice, that it takes work and it takes some preparation. And in saying that, though, one thing that I did did have been playing with is this duality of you know like I I'm not I'm not young but I'm not old I'm (laughs) I'm gonna be 40 soon so I'm thinking okay I'm that age um I feel like Ruby you've been talking about your 40th for a while and then I feel like it's gonna blink and then we're gonna be like so when was your 40th and you're gonna be like oh that was ages ago and then it just completely gets brushed over whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry um anyway so (laughs) I guess so you know respecting where I'm at in my personal timeline and going cool you know I'm a grown woman and all of that but that fun side where's that fun side come out in my life previously what was I doing and for me it actually looked like going where I, I thought about 
when I said earlier, those times when I was really free and expressive and happy. And it was when I was probably four, five, eight years old type of thing. And it's not to say that I try to be a little girl again as my character, but I'm like, what was she doing? What was she interested in? What, what she was getting into mom's lipstick. That's, that's one thing. (laughs) There's one thing that's for sure. And she loved color and she loved, I loved mum's silk scarves and I loved dancing around with those scarves. And, and I was very much into some of these characters from the 60s and 70s TV shows that were on reruns by the time I was a kid in the 80s. And so what was kind of funny is that my mind loved to go back to some of these older characters as well. So I, I, I've started to play with bringing in some of these elements in terms of I'm loving silk at the moment. So a lot of my clothes are silk because I feel like that beautiful young girl again that loved the the silk scarves and was free and easy and and also thinking about, okay, like these women that I also loved at that age, like what's what's part of their character that I could pull on? So part of it is is really understanding yourself but then don't you don't have to make it up either you can go and look at examples of women that you admire from film from um you know it might be other professions that you're like oh she's an artist and she's really cool she works in design or something and she's got she's an editor of a magazine or something and she's got a certain style and she holds herself for a certain way and I really love that and so you can channel some of those people when you're starting to think about your character because it just gives you a template to work with because a lot of us will say oh I'm not creative I'm not expressive I'm not like I'm not all of these things yeah and so how the, how the hell am I going to know what my character is but really a a character is is by design it's designed so it that's where you get to have fun with it because it's someone that you can explore and play with over time and it doesn't have to be I have to uncover my true self and that's that's who my character is a character could be someone that you actually switch on when you're doing a podcast, when you're presenting in a board meeting. And then when you're at home lounging on the couch, you might not be in that character. And that's cool. That's kind of fun. Or maybe you turn this character on when you're on date night with your husband and you go, ah, oh, actually, that's where my character comes out. That's when I'm going to play with it. And that's a cool time because I'm with someone that I trust and Maybe he's, maybe it's going to add some spice to our relationship. (laughs) Who knows? You know, so you can, you can play with this stuff in, in certain timeframes and certain parts of your life. It doesn't have to be suddenly if I love Beyonce that I I'm Beyonce 24 seven, because you know that she's in her sweats when she's at home looking after her kids. She's not like that all the time. Absolutely. But I think one of the important facts that you, or points that you pulled there was um, the progression into it. You know, some people, you look at the confident people, you look at Beyonce, you know what, actually I was talking to someone about this the other day. We look at Beyonce, Beyonce's just released a new album. Taylor Swift has just released a new album. And there was a third woman and I can't remember who it was, 
but they're not the same character that they were when they released their first album. Mm. And so we've watched them grow and develop and feel into different parts of their character throughout their journey. And I think some women look, we look at these women at their different stages and go, oh, I could never wear that. I could never be like that. But we haven't just got there. We didn't just wake up one morning and go, I'm going to, you know, this is who I'm going to be today. It's something that we've grown into and developed. Mm. And you know, it's funny, you were talking before, part of this for me has also been a massive change in career that I had 10 years ago. I was going to pull this up too. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually was an, I am an architect, but I was a practicing architect for, for a decade. And that came with a certain type of character, which I think was a little bit of me, but I think a lot of it was restrained into who I was working with and how an architect should show up. And then I left that and I went into a completely different environment, which was the black lycra. I worked for Lululemon for nearly five years and changed totally again. And so I think for me, it has been lots of changes that have brought about different characters. And then I think starting my own business has actually given me permission, which is so cool. If there's any women out there that are running their own businesses or even fuck it, if you're in corporate, like do this, you know, take it as an opportunity. If I had my time again, I would have worked so much more on character, but just personal brand, if you will, because I realize now how much it plays into your success, but it also plays into what opportunities you take and all of those things. And you kind of sit back and go, well, I'm the lawyer. So the lawyer needs to dress like this and needs to say these things and do these things. And maybe you can actually bring a little bit of you into that now. Um, but being in the lycra all the time, that was probably my least feminine part of my my career and, and part of my life so far and so what was very interesting was deconditioning that for me and I'm not saying there's anything against lycra because I love some good lycra and I love me lululemon and you know it's the best gear <laughs> this is not a sponsored post <laughs> it is yeah this is not sponsored but um, but if you want to sponsor us please do because we love lululemon exactly, <laughs> exactly. and so there was that period of yeah being in this tight clothing and then going into business and going, cool, okay, I'm in a new phase, I'm in a new setting, I can create this however I want, but still having like bits of that come through. And then I think now that's like totally gone um, unless I'm like on my period or something and I really just need to wear some comfy a lion pants, which if you need love Lululemon, you'll know what a lion pants are mm-hmm. with like a high waistband. And then I'll wear a nice top on top. So yeah. people don't know what's going on down there. But most of the time when I'm working at home, when I'm on camera or filming content or whatever it is, I'm in the character. And yeah, so I think that's been kind of interesting is also tapping a bit more into bringing that feminine side in, which I think is I don't know. Is that a conversation that you have with a lot of women that as they go through this process with you, they're also discovering that for themselves? 
No, it's not, but it's probably something that I should start um, because it's really about, it's figuring it out for themselves. And so I don't want to sit here and influence masculine versus feminine or black versus color. Like I just, yeah, um, I allow that to come out naturally in themselves, in them. And it does. And it's such a beautiful process to watch when um, it, it comes out. Um, but one thing I want to ask you on that is then, you know, again, we've come back to the idea of clothes and aesthetics. Does the character come out elsewhere? Yes. Well, definitely it comes out in terms of social media platforms that I choose to market on over others. I think for me uh, personally and, and my brand is best coming across on camera and, and across on podcasts versus writing. And maybe you could say, oh, that's just because that's something that I've practiced more of as well. But I think it's also starting to think about that as well as what, what mediums can I lean into that allow me to explore this character, especially if you're talking in a business sense. Um, but I think for most people starting with the aesthetic side is also the most, like I said, the most fun. And I think starting with your, so you could think about that, but then also thinking about your personality too. And we like to focus on the strengths of your personality, but also the weaknesses because a good character has both sides. They have a light, dark, a light side and they have a dark side. So they have, um, you know, 90% of the time they're this mood and then get them in the wrong um, time and 10% their dark side comes out or it's like night and day as well. When you're in your business, you might be like this. When you go out partying, you're like this other person. So you can also have sides to your character, which I think for for some people that would be a bit more advanced. But like I said, that could also, you might look at it as certain times in your life or certain times in your, yeah, certain things you're doing that you then bring that character on out and you just play with it then versus trying to be like it all the time. But definitely understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. And I know when we were talking off uh, off ear, if you will, <laughs> off camera, you mentioned quirks. So I think the cool thing about character designers for a lot of people, when they're given permission to bring these things out, it's actually quite liberating. And who'd have thought that we need permission for these things though, right? Right, right. Don't, you know, I don't know. I I think, I think men and women are are probably conditioned in this way more so now, perhaps than when I was really little, but certainly I think some traits for people are pushed down. Don't laugh too loud. Don't have that quirky laugh. Don't. Um, you know, whatever body language that you have that irritates people. But actually they can all become part of your character because otherwise what we what we move into is either we're just copying other people that we see out there. And that's what you see a lot in 
online business is that we find people that we like and then we just replicate them. And so if you're wanting to stand out, this this is really your opportunity. And who wants a world full of robots that just stare at a camera and have no personality or have no humor or have... You know, maybe their their person that is them, and they can really hold that and be really serious, and that's what they become known for. Or maybe you're like you, Mel, and you're always like firing up the chat and having a good laugh, <laughs> and who knows what else is going on behind the scenes. But there's um, that's definitely something I see has come through for you as well. It's like embracing that you're a funny woman, and not being afraid to bring that out because, oh, maybe not all people in my industry are funny, but. There you go. You heard it there. I'm a funny yeah. person, guys. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is. Um, it's funny because I was, I think I was having a conversation with Brianna and John um, at the World Building Weekend and one of them had said to me, you know, why don't you cycle back through your old material and see if you can use it again and I did went through back through my social media and I was like I don't even know who that girl is like (laughs) and we're only talking the last 12 months so whatever the juju is that's going on inside creator club (laughs) um it's fantastic yeah Yeah. um so yeah it, it changes it evolves do you think that's been intentional Or do you think that's been partly by, I mean, a lot of what we've taught you is ways that you can dive into this yourself and then start to bring it in. So do you think it's a bit of both or, or it's by accident because you've also become more confident and I think, I think for a lot of people, a bit of both would happen. A bit of both. Yeah. Because it's especially when you have a business, you, like, I think we talked about this already, you know, you, it has to be about the client. It has to be about the journey. It has to be about your mission essentially. Um, Whereas, and it's like the reason we're in creator club, we also want community. And so you're not going to get that community and connection until you show yourself and show, um, your quirks yeah yeah um yeah and I see it like so in the women that my her advantage group that I brought together had I said to them 12 months ago I'm putting you in a group together they all would have went nice working with you see you later bye (laughs) um and now I've put them in this group together and they are realizing that the the importance again in character and in connection and when they let their little quirks out it's a bonding experience it's not a it's not something to be shameful or want to hide behind it's a connection piece mm. yeah yeah and and you know what's funny is that i think this has been around for a very long time actually some of the people that that i've read quite widely on they do it without being on social media. They do it through their writing. They do it through how they speak on stage. They do it through the certain phrases. Now, whether that is just them or whether they've kind of inserted them for a certain reason to make the audience feel more at home, like, oh, this woman swears like me, so she must be one of my people kind of thing. 
you can do it very intentionally like that. But they, those are more ad- advanced things. But I would say that don't feel like this has to be something that you curate for your social no, career. No, definitely not. Yeah. It's like you have that one, be that one friend that people say, oh, she's like always, she's the life of the party. She's always adventurous, you know, and you don't have to be super bold and like, I'm not meaning colorful, but she's really confident in her style and she understands what works for her. She's not just going with trends. And I love that. And I know that was something that you brought up when we were discussing this. So maybe we could go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, well, so you just mentioned two words there, style. Well, yeah, style, fashion, and trend, those three words. And again, I think for the naked eye or the naked ear, um, they all sort of fit in together, but there's some very big underlying differences. And it wasn't until I think I sent you that reel I was like, holy shit, there's a massive difference. Yeah. Um, I had no idea who that person was. And all of a sudden she's everywhere. Um, There's a massive difference between these things and understanding the two also helped me release a little bit more of my character onion. So can you go into the difference between those words? Character onion. What a visionary. New term. (laughs) New terminology. yeah, so the way the way I see fashion, fashion is very time dependent, season dependent. And so now fashions come and go and they come back around. And what's really interesting, I think, is that with the evolution of fast fashion, which I have some thoughts on, the the speed at which the trends come and go I don't know if you've noticed this too Mel but the flares have come back almost every every year every couple of years or this color was there two years ago and now it's and and it used to be that you would see cycles of four or five years decade even when you know, for my mum growing up who grew up in the 70s to then see me wanting flares 20 odd years oh no more than that like 20 30 years later 40 years later she's like oh this is crazy like we used to wear that and now you see those things cycling so much quicker so I think for for people that can be great now you can be someone that loves to be on what be more on trends you know what is current and that is your thing that you love and I'm not saying that that you should be one or the other, but some people are, that's their, that's their thing. They're up with the what's hot. <laughs> yeah. They're in the and it stores. works for them. Pardon? And it works for them. Like you can yeah. see them radiating in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I think what that also causes when there's so much speed in terms of trends and fashion is that it causes anxiety for people because they also feel like they can never keep up. Right. I used to, I used to feel like that. I was like, Oh, I can't keep up financially. I can't, unless I buy fast fashion, then I, I can't possibly have a new wardrobe every quarter. That's just, and I've always been someone, I think through my mom growing up who really valued quality. And so my wardrobe's always been made up, not a hundred percent, but I do seek out quality, 
product and I look at the details and that's also become a bit more of a signature of my characters that she loves the detailed sleeves. She loves the um, the frills and the you know the different fabrics and and all of those sorts of things, versus someone that might be more into the trends and will just go with what's going at the time. But like I say, I think that this is causing probably more harm on a on a global scale, but also. For people, it's 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 anxiety inducing. It is for me anyway. So you could probably disagree on this, and it means that we do go towards a lot of that cheaper stuff. So then the flip side of that, and Iris Apfel, I think that's how you pronounce her surname, is a hundred and one, and she is the one of the most brilliant examples next to some of the. Uh, fashion designers, even the editor of Vogue, Anna Wintour, who is always in the sunglasses, even if it's inside at every fashion show. <laughs> and, and so I think there's a lot of beautiful women and men that are actually in their 60s and 70s that are re- and, and beyond, because Iris is 101, that are really showing us how style is done and that how a style can be yes fashionable but it's about you so you look at okay no matter like if these colors are in trend it's iris is an example of someone that's always got big bold glasses or big jewelry i don't even think she buys into fashion really the idea of fashion at all by the sounds of it you watch her documentary her documentary is gold i recommend watching it on netflix if you haven't watched it beautiful her husband died a few years ago and their house was their apartment actually in New York she lives in New York crazy full of stuff they were collectors and she would go with the people that were filming the documentary to these little stores like antique stores and like really cheap stores have you seen it too no I want to now (laughs) and she she's finding all of these finds it's like the women that are great with vintage clothing or great with finding clothing from a certain period of time that's my housemate and every time she pulls out something I'm like where did you find that she's like I just I just found it at a store like what do you mean (laughs) yeah meanwhile you and I are like going through the racks going nothing to see here okay yeah, can we yeah. go like this yeah. is boring yeah, yeah totally so I think there's an example of someone that once you're very clear on your style there might be certain colors that you always bring through or maybe like I gave the example of accessories is something that you always have on you no matter like what's going what's hot what's not um, maybe you don't buy into the fashionable colors, but you're always seen in certain fabrics. And so that's really important for you. Or maybe you really are interested in a certain period of time and time. And so you go into that period in time and you're, you're just always dressed like that. It's almost like time has stood still for you. You see those women that are very much into those amazing like 1950s dresses that they used to wear to dances and pinup girls is that one of the yeah something like that yeah yeah and you know they have those big like billowing skirts and beautiful patterns and the kind of off the shoulder dresses and they'll be dressed like that 24 7 that's their thing and so I think style is really something that you can create as your own and it might change 
but also realized that there's some Karl Lagerfeld's another one, French designer. And he's always had the white hair. He always has like a little bobo tie sort of thing and always in suits. And it doesn't matter like how much time passes, but their character is so clear because they haven't bought into what's trendy and what's fashionable at the time. I think what we can pull out of that though is like if you envision a person like and we can all do this if we envision the person that we look up to as stylish or fashionable or you know an icon a style icon let's just say we're not looking at them for the items of clothing that they're wearing or their accessories it's the energy that they're Mm. giving off and their confidence and their yeah, they're just sheer ability to hold the space. And so when you're letting your character coming out and trying new things, know that it's not, we're not looking at you for your green top or your pink jumpsuit. It's how the energy brings that out in you. And even Anna Wintour is a classic example, right? Because she scares the fuck out of people because... (laughs) You're like, I don't know what's going on behind those glasses. Meanwhile, Ruby's like, let me sit next to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Can I sit to, next to her at the next show? Yeah. She, and but she almost wants people to feel like that, I think. Uh, look, I haven't uh, w- uh, listened to too many personal interviews with her, but I, I get the feeling she wants to command a certain leadership, a certain knowledge. She has the power being... I'm not sure if she's still editor of Vogue. I think she might be, but knowing that she has that position, she wants to hold it for as long as she can. So she's not afraid to not be like, she's not afraid. And I'm not saying you go out and be her, but it's okay if that's also the way that you make people feel, because that could be really intentional for you. And you want to be like the power suit woman and that feels really good to you like that's the sort of energy that feels good and you want to walk into the room and have people go oh holy shit you know (laughs) who's that well yeah and I think this is something that you we haven't spoken about in this podcast and I'm mindful of time but it's definitely something that you and John talk about it's the villain Mm. and that, you know, I mean, the first time the villain comes to mind, you sort of shudder a little bit, but, you know, Vogue is not for everyone. I'm sure, some, you know, everyone listening to this podcast may not have even picked up a copy of Vogue and know really what it's about. And that's because it's not for everyone. It is for a certain person and that community. And that's what Anna portrays as well. Yeah. She has that to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she doesn't want Vogue to be for everyone. No, no. And that's so important. And I would also say that if you look at any movies, comics, action movies that you like where there is a villain, chances are the villain's probably the character that you really like as much as you like the, the, prota- the protagonist because they're the one that, that keep the story going and they're the one that keeps you on your toes. And I mean, unfortunately, sometimes villains are dark and portrayed as um, evil and bad and all of those things. So I think when we also talk about the villain, it doesn't mean that you suddenly, <laughs> that's your MO and you become that person. 
Um, but you can have a little bit of that villainous dark side. Uh, I'm very clear on where I'm going at all costs. And that's actually okay. That's just an energy you're bringing. It's not saying that you're just walking all over people and destroying everything in your path. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just that you want to bring that because you know that that evokes something in people, it invokes intrigue and Mm. Yeah. which if I'm being honest also terrifies people like if you're going to lead the way and pave the path that's a terrifying thing to think about um be it in the villain or in the hero or whatever um that's a terrifying concept totally totally yeah so I think in coming back around pick your character if you want to explore this or you think about it more from a personal brand perspective if that word sits better with you right now pick someone that is innately close to you because it will be so much easier to follow that than if you follow someone that means you have to oh god I have to I have to build up the energy to be able to put this person on no it's like a slow process that person might come out eventually but start with something that draws on what you have inside of you already draws on your quirks on your personality on your features like mel has her amazing pink glasses on today if you have to wear glasses like iris does or like my yoga teacher did so every class that she turned up to she had different glasses on because she was like well that is goals honestly goals goals yeah. yeah yeah totally So, um, and now the great thing is there's plenty of stores that have, you can get cheaper glasses. So it's kind of fun. You can, you can play around with this stuff. So even just pick one accessory that you focus on or pick the lipstick, you're not someone, but then suddenly you're wearing like a bold lip and it totally changes how you feel. Or like I said, fabrics, they, they're like, oh, like if you want to feel like a more central woman or more like feminine, like play with fabrics. That's a really cool place to start. Play with a color maybe. Um, And there's certainly people I can direct your listeners to that have more knowledge and things like color and style and things like that. But yeah, just play with one thing and then add another thing and then add another thing. Build on it. Yeah. Like there's again, like my glasses are a big part of my character and I probably went through like as soon as I turned 18 and started going out and started, you know, socializing, I guess, like I hated my glasses. I like never wore my glasses out. And then I would go out wearing my glasses and people would reintroduce themselves because they didn't know who I was. And I would like, it would just make me feel so bad. But then as soon as I leaned into that and I was like, no, this is my thing. Like it's so much more comfortable and so much less exhausting. Yeah. Totally, totally. Like make life easier for you, for yourself and have fun with it. Yeah. So Rubes, to wrap it up, what can you tell us what your hype song is? If you are feeling a bit like, oh, what's the Ruby Marsh hype song? Oh, look, <laughs> my music tastes are not super current. <laughs> Because a lot of the time when I'm working, I don't really train to music anymore and I listen to podcasts. So this is no excuse, but I'm just, you guys will laugh because it's not going to be anyone current. Oh, like I love something with a bit of soul in it. So Mm -hmm. I grew up with a mother 
with parents, but particularly my mum who loved Motown. So any good Motown Aretha Franklin number yes. that's sure to like get me on the dance floor, you know? And then today I was actually listening to a song which I I just re- takes me back to my first couple of years at uni. All all falls down by Kanye West from one and yeah college from college dropout yeah album. so I was 20 19 20 then and oh just the the um sampling in that that he uses he actually I found out today was originally going to have Lauren Hill so sing the sample in that the all falls down part and for some reason it didn't work I don't know the story but I was like oh god damn like that would have been like the Oh, so good. You know, I'm going to have to, I feel like I've got somebody else's version in my head. So I'm going to have to go and Spotify that. Yeah, you should. should. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what's a podcast that you're listening, you're binging at the moment. Should I prepared you for these? (laughs) Yeah, because maybe I don't want to reveal my secret. (gasps) Oh no. Um, Ooh. Oh, look, you know, on rotation, I, I've been listening to a bit of Alex Hamozzi, the mm-hmm. game. So he's a, he's a business guy and he's been in the fitness industry for a long time. And he's just very, he's very straight to the point. He also tells a lot of story about his journey, which I love. And I love coaching podcasts. Like I love, mm-hmm. it really just puts me in the right frame of mind. and then. Yeah, recently I've been listening to some stuff more around, I I like the odd relationship podcast where they're talking about the differences between women and men from certain perspectives. So I've been listening to a like two and a half hour episode on, on that from someone. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. But again, these are trends that come and go. We're not always going to be listening to relationship or business podcasts. They're things that, yeah, we will grow on. Yes. Um, Okay. If you could have, this is the last question. This is the rapid fire round. Yeah. If you could have one, one piece of your character, like you then, we then had to fall back into our black lycra lulu days, but you could keep one one element of your character, your aesthetic character, what would it be? Ooh. Well, you know, what's funny is I I was talking a bit earlier about the red lip Mm -hmm. and I, we wouldn't do it all the time, but I worked in Melbourne when we lived in Melbourne, we had a business down there. I worked with some amazing women who were in theater and so they really knew how to turn on the character and they would play shall we say a lot when we're at work and sing in their like belt out a tune and their amazing voices but we were often known as being like a bit of the should I say kind of sexy store not in a way yeah. that we would be always be half naked but we would have like a red lip and have our hair done up and so we'd bring a little bit of a little bit of jazz shall we say yeah. to um to the to the role rather yep. than being a super athletic aesthetic yeah and then 
So that would be one. Can I can I just share two? Because like <laughs> I couldn't wear the red lip every day. Yeah. But sometimes we did on special days. But they're my glasses. I think that used to be something that I I I had a great pair of Tom Ford glasses before they got to be like a thousand dollars a frame uh-huh. or something that they are now. His glasses, oh, really, really cool. So pair of black rims glasses that I loved. So yeah, I think if you can play up something little like that, that gives just a bit of contrast, that was always something I was looking for. Sometimes I'd wear like more of the casual Lululemon and then I wear my boots, you know, like a wear, yeah. a wear of cat pair, ugh, pair of casual boots. Yeah. And so that would be kind of fun to show. Also, it was about showing women how diverse, diverse. <laughs> the lack okay. of wearing uniform yeah, is yeah you could wear it to date night you know you can wear it whatever and and so we would often do that because we wanted yeah we wanted to be able to say oh this is also casual clothes and yeah yeah mm. Also, just to mention again, this is not a sponsored Lulu post, but <laughs> um, I mean, you just wear like I've got the, I think I have my first pair of Lulu pants still because they just last. Yeah, they do. Um, sometimes you get a bad batch having worn a lot, like sometimes a bad one will come through. So I get mm-hmm. that if people haven't had, I've had some not so great experiences, but all in all, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, they're, they're at the, they were the forefront really of, of that type of gear. So yeah. yeah. My dining room table is made out of an old fence. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, but it obviously splinters and I've got like holes down the back of my pants. And I was like, what is happening to my pants? What is happening to my Lulu's? Like, and I was getting so angry and the girl at Lulu was like, it's not a, this is not a design fault. This is something you're doing. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And then I realized I was absolutely doing something. <laughs> oh. It was my beautiful table destroying my Lulu pants. You were sitting on the table or just when you brushed up against it? It's like, a, it's a table and bench seat. So it's oh, all, got it. okay. all part of it. I'm thinking yeah. you're like lounging up. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put that past me either, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rubes, do you have anything else you would like to say? only thing that I would leave the fine people with is to have fun with this. I wanted to share this in a way that it wasn't like you have to go out and spend a lot of money. You have to totally lean into something that you're not comfortable with. This, like I said, can be done little bit by little bit. And the more we, it's it's another way to increase confidence really. One, yeah, one thing I would say on that is that that actors, when they often put the costume on or when they put their the role that they're playing, what they would wear on, it, it they become the character because of the clothes, because of the makeup. You see that a lot in opera or in theater because it's it's often from certain time periods, right? And so I think realize that, oh, if I change some little things, I could actually feel a different way or that would help me to lean into this character a little bit more rather than feeling like I have to manifest this and then go out and buy the stuff. No, you can actually go out and buy the stuff like you were talking about your glasses and it will make you feel a certain way or make you get into that character yeah, so that's that's another way to look at it, but ultimately just have fun. Life's too short. 
I like I always dig things out of my wardrobe as well that I've had for forever. And I'm like, oh, I've forgotten about this. Be it a scarf, be it a pair of earrings, be it something that I don't know, just has always been there sitting at the back of my closet that I've not wanted to throw out. And then there's obviously been a reason for it. So it pops back in. I'm like, oh yeah, I love this. And it makes me feel good. So yeah, it's not about going and spending the big bucks on big brands, but just being conscious of those things. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ruby, I'll pop your um, Insta handle on the show notes for both Creator Club and your personal profile, your personal page. But thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Mel. Thank you.